But I appreciate you guys being here today. This is going to be a, a, a great year. Uh, this is actually our church's 30th year, and we're going to celebrate that all year. I'm a big believer in, in celebrating those, uh, those milestone events in life, and uh, one of the ways we're going to do that is to focus in every month through the year uh, 30 days of, and so beginning of this year, I think it was just uh, fitting that we would go 30 days of renewal. Everybody say renewal. And so it's been said already, but I just want to invite you into this season that we're in because I really sense um, something on this 21-day season that we started uh, last Monday, uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting that I just want to encourage you to jump into this, and you might say, oh, I'm too late, uh, I'm a week behind or whatever. You can just dive in uh, and, uh, and just, you know, whatever, whatever fasting regime works for you. If it's, you know, turning off the TV for, uh, for a few days or, uh, or maybe going on a Daniel fast or, or any of the number of ways you could be involved in this whole thing. I just would encourage you to do it. There's something so powerful about dialing down the noise and raising up your attention to heaven. And so, uh, so uh, to me, fasting seasons are always about clearing the clutter uh, a way to open up the, the lines of communication with heaven. Heaven's always speaking, but I mean, you know, sometimes we don't always have a good connection, and it, that's always on our side more than anything else. Uh, one of the books that we've got out there that I would highly recommend, I'm reading it this, this particular fasting season, uh, is Stovall Weems' book. Uh, it's called Awakening, and it's, it's so, so very good. And he talks about this idea that in, a, in fasting seasons, uh, you know, in seasons that you're dedicating, uh, maybe spend a little more time in the Word, uh, turn off a few things, dial down on a few things, that you can, you can connect with heaven. And, and he has this idea, which I like, it's called agreement, alignment, and assignment. Agreement alignment, and assignment. And I think the big idea about knowing that you have an assignment is recognizing that you are here on this planet for a purpose. In other words, God sent you into this planet with an assignment. Nobody's life is an accident, and there is purpose, there is destiny for you, and your best life is going to be when you get uh, aligned with God's assignment for your life. And it got me to thinking uh, about our church's assignment. Uh, there was a time a few years ago where the big thing was to make sure you had a clear vision statement. And we'd put it on the walls. It used to be on the walls in our foyer. And, and uh, that day has passed. But I think the idea of having a, a vision, a picture of where you're headed and what God wants you to do is, is super important. So, uh, so all of us have individual assignments from heaven. But together as a church, we have an assignment uh, that God has given us. In other words, we're not just here having services on Sundays, but there is an assignment for our role in this region. And I want you to, to see it with me again. Our vision statement is 
to build a large, regional, life-giving church that touches thousands of people and lifts them to higher levels of life through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and through renewed biblical mindsets. And I think we've, I think we've stayed true to that vision. Uh, I, I think that's, that's, where, that's where we have, that's the picture we've kept building towards. Our mission statement, which you're probably more familiar with, is this idea, love God, lift people, change the world. Everybody say that with me. Love God, lift people, and change the world. And the reason I kind of want to point that out today is because uh, I think uh, the idea of, of what our, our main assignment is, and, and I think one of my life lessons um, that has been uh, made such a difference for me is what I get to talk about today. So it's a good day, no matter how much ice is out on the road, supposedly. So I want you to look at this um, passage that we started with last week, and I want to continue on with a few thoughts in this. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. It says, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. And just to remind us that uh, there are always chapters that end and new chapters that begin. Uh, after John, Jesus came. The, the John era of leadership is over. The Jesus era of leadership has come. And the Bible says this idea, Jesus is saying, the time is fulfilled. And I think that's a, probably a much better angle to take when things come to an end. Because sometimes I think we get hung up emotionally on things that come to an end. And we, we're caught up with it. We're, we kind of get stuck on it. And, but, there, but there is a powerful idea uh, about this idea that when something has come to an end, if you can reframe it to think of it as that time has been fulfilled, that is over, that, that particular situation, that particular relationship, that particular job, that particular set of circumstances, it's, it's ended, it's over, it's really been fulfilled. So what some people saw as the end of an era, in other words, they'd found their identity in, in the John the Baptist era. But now they have to reframe and go, now we're in the Jesus era. And God saw something that some people said that's the end. God said that's the beginning. The way things were in John's day is not going to be the way things are today. That's what Jesus is saying. And I'm willing to bet that there's got to be an area in your life in 2019 that you are going to have to recognize, I need to get a new framing on how I think about this or that or the other thing. In other words, you need to look at the fact that it is a day for a new normal for you. 
What used to be is not any longer. Suzette and I um, uh, just happened to start cleaning out a, a particular closet area in, in our um, house. And uh, probably 10 years ago, uh, this summer would be 10 years ago, I did P90X one summer. Yeah, come on. And I was cut, uh, sort of. Uh, cut with a little padding. Um, but, uh, but there was a, uh, there, there, there was a, like a, a, a potion that you were supposed to drink after you did those grueling exercises. And I had bought several of those and, and all of a sudden we're looking and I'm not even recognizing that these things have gone out of date and they've been sitting in our closet for, for now eight or nine years in our closet. So we were afraid to open them up and see what might actually been in there. And I'm just wondering if there might be something that you have possibly just let stay in place for eight or nine years that doesn't actually fit who you are and what God has for you today. We, we all have to learn to adapt to the new chapter of life. The end of a chapter is not the end of the book. That's, a, that's the song we just sang. You write a beautiful story. And how many of you know there are some chapters that when you're in them, you go, God, as soon as this one's over, that would be cool, right? Uh, but the end of one thing, we got to reframe and understand it's the beginning of another thing. Well, it looks like the end is really a brand new beginning. Anybody ready for some brand new beginnings in their lives? And so, so Jesus says uh, that the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, the kingdom of God is very near. And the original language gives us kind of a picture of when the, the concept of at hand is like a hand that is, about, that is slamming down on a desk and about ready to hit. The kingdom of God is about ready to hit. It's the kingdom of God, the way God does things, the way God operates, the way God thinks, the, the operation of God, the authority of God, it's, it's not far away. It's really, really near. But your new day of God working in your life is as near or as far as you're willing to change your mind. So Jesus gives us this word. He says, repent. Everybody say, repent. Repent. Literally, he's saying, get a new mental model. Get a, a new way to think about how things are in this chapter, how things are in this way. Uh, to repent literally means to change your mind uh, or change your purpose, to change your thinking. But I believe that every new kingdom at hand requires a new repentance. Uh, the beautiful thing about having people be in your church for a long time is that it's beautiful to have people stay in church. <laughs> the, the difficult thing is when people stay in church and still want your church to be what it was 15 years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. 
And that ability to turn the, turn the page, to, to, uh, to experience a, a new kingdom at hand. And it's probably happening in your life. There are things that are shifting. There are things that are changing. There are opportunities that are coming. There are doors that are closing. And because the time is fulfilled, because there is a fresh new kingdom at hand, it's time to change your mind. Things are not the way they used to be. God is near. The kingdom of God is, it's right there. It's not far away. It's not like, you, it's not like you've got to do extraordinary things other than change your mind, which isn't easy, but it's always possible. God is near, so you've got to adjust your mental model. All growth in life is about adjusting your model. It's about all growth in life is about adjusting your paradigm. If your paradigm stays the same, you'll never grow. You've got to expand. You've got to grow. You've got to adjust. You've got to change. You, adjusting your outlook, adjusting your behavior, adjusting your approach to life, adjusting your style. <laughs> What I'm saying is, we all know this is true, there's no growth without change. Every bit of growth is going to require some kind of change. Now, not all change brings growth, but every time you want to see growth happen in your life, you got to be willing to change something. You've heard the old saying, right? If we keep doing what we've been doing... We keep getting what we've been getting. So I, I'm here today to encourage you to consider changing your mind to how you approach life. I, I want to encourage you to think about changing your mind and how you relate to people. Now, if the way you're doing it works... That's fantastic. But if the way you're doing it is not working, instead of insisting that everything bend to you, you have to recognize you need a change. All right, let me put it this way. If, if you don't have any friends, you might want to change your mind about how you approach that. If you don't have any money, you just, you might have to, it's no, there's no shortage of money. Paul Allen had 20 billion when he died. You might want to think about changing your mind. If we don't change our mind about how we do church or how we build business, then we're never going to be able to grow. We're never going to be able to, to fit in the, the season that God has us in. All that has to change if we're going to grow on purpose. And let me, just, let me just even go so far as to say this. If we don't change, if we don't change our mind, we may find that we're not even 
getting what we used to get because whether you are changing or not, things are changing, right? I go by the Asheville Mall now. There used to be a huge department store called Sears. Ain't there no more. Because they, have, they haven't made the shift. They haven't made the change. They're trying. They're scrambling. Circuit City. Circuit City was literally included in Jim Collins' Good to Great book as one of the top ten businesses, but they didn't make the change. They didn't make the turn. And they felt like they could keep doing it the way they'd been doing it and never made the turn. Hey, listen, bookstores are having to make the change. You can't just keep doing what you've been doing. I love it when I go to a bookstore. I don't even go anymore. But when I go to a bookstore and they say, well, we can order that for you and get it to you in two weeks. And I'm going, I'm just going to go order it on Amazon and get it in two days. If you don't make the change... Hey, listen, even the way people watch TV is changing. You know, we're still old-fashioned enough, Suzette and I, to pay for cable. But I know my kids don't pay for cable. They steal cable. No, I mean, they, they don't, they don't steal. They, they use Netflix. They use Hulu. They use all kinds of stuff that we don't, we, we use on occasion, but if you don't make the change, hey, listen, Kmart, they're not making the, my point is, yes, you need a change, but if you don't change, you may not still be getting what you've been getting. You might have to turn in the flip phone and get a smartphone. Come on, somebody. So let me, let's take this to a kind of a, a bit of a personal level. Not that I haven't been personal with you already, but Romans 12, verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you renew your mind, you'll be able to prove. In other words, it will be experiential what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable, and perfect. Do you realize that you and I can be transformed in our life by renewing our mind, by changing our mind? The, the word transformed is the, the word you'd see we get the metamorphosis idea. The tadpole becomes the frog. Something entirely different. The word renewed means to be, to be made fresh or clean, to get an upgrade of fresh and new in life. And in the new covenant, whenever we accept Christ into our heart, when we accept Christ as the Lord of our life and surrender to his love and his lordship, we are made right. We are, we are given a position of righteousness. We are given a position of blessed. We are, we are given a position where all the promises of God are yes and amen because we're in Christ. So growth as a Christian, growth as a human is going to require us 
to constantly be adjusting to fit what we've already been made. We are, we are adjusting our, our lives, our, our paradigm, our outlook, our behavior, our approach, our style to fit the, what God has now made us. The old covenant is telling us you have to do to become. And some people still live that way. They, that, is the way that is the way they operate. That is their mindset. That is their mental model. You got to do to become. But the new covenant is God saying to us, I have made you. Now act like it. And when we start to, to realize what Jesus, we're out of the Old Testament era, we're in the New Testament era, when we start to recognize all the promises of God are not based on our behavior, they're based on Jesus' behavior, they're based on Jesus' sacrifice, they're based on who Jesus is and we are in him, well, all of a sudden we recognize it's not about what I do, it's about putting on what he's given. You got to change your mind. You got to change your mental model. You got to realize what Jesus has given you and keep putting it on. And there'll be days where you wake up and you don't feel righteous, but you got to put it on. There'll be days that you start going in the day and you start going, this doesn't feel like a life of favor, but you got to put it on. You with me? You, you keep putting it on and you keep adjusting your mental model because now we're in the Jesus era, <laughs> right? Isaiah 55 verse 8 says this, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The way to live in a higher way is to have higher thoughts. You can, we can transform any arena of our life if we'd be willing to change our mind about it. We could renew. We're in 30 days of renewal. We could get an upgrade. Come on. Can look at your neighbor and say, you need an upgrade. Come on, you do. Hey, you want to you improve your relationships? Change your mind. Not just change your mind. To change your mind to buy God's idea about how this works. You want to have a, a fun and loving family? You can upgrade. Amen. I'm tempted to go into husbands and wives, but I'm not going to. Um, you want to succeed at work? 
If you are, great. But it could be that you could change your mind. You want to increase your finances? Then you're going to have to find God's way and quit fighting God's way. Quit, quit insisting my way is the right way when God's given us a way. Right? You want to get better at ministry? We're all in the ministry. You can. You want to upgrade your walk with God? Your personal experience with God? Then you can. The ultimate in life is to get every area of our life in alignment with God's Word and God's purpose. Because God always has goodness in His heart for you. Surely, goodness and mercy are going to pursue you all the days of your life. I would have despaired unless I'd believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How great is your goodness that you have stored up for those who take refuge in you. I'm just telling you, God's got goodness in his mind, in his heart, in his will, in his purpose for your marriage, for your family, for your finances, for your ministry, for your relationships. And the, the beauty of being a human being created in the image of God, I say this all the time, but I'll keep saying it till I'm done in Asheville, which hopefully isn't soon. You are created in the image of God. You can change. You can. And I don't want you to think about it like, oh, I better change so God will love me. <laughs> he loves you just as stupid as you are. He, he, you're, you could go to heaven just as stupid as you are. I mean, I have that in my notes for the next service, but nobody in this room is stupid. But honestly, don't ever lose hope. And always recognize that you can change. You're not a tree. You're not a dog. You're not a cat. You're not an evolved monkey. You are a human being. You can repent. You can change. So let's, here's some different ways to repent. Reconsider. Reconsider. When we first started our church 30 years ago, there were things that I thought were so important that if we could get them in place, that they would, they would catapult us into God's very best for our life. And... I have had to, over 30 years, reconsider how we do things. We used, to have, we used to do everything we know how to do on Sunday morning, and it would take us three hours to do it. And I started to realize that there are certain things that operate better in certain settings. 
we could be one house with many rooms. That's why we have events like mega worship, because we do need extended times to hang out in the presence of God, though I recognize that you can't just do 45 minutes of worship every Sunday and reach people who are not open to that or not familiar with that. When we first started our church, we had a Vision of the Rock class. It was our membership class. It was 14 weeks long. Come on, somebody. That's how we separated the boys from the men. 14 weeks. Now, we squeeze it into 40 minutes because of the OCD. I'm just saying, there's things that you used to do, ideas you used to have about how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you build relationships, what makes family life healthy that you might need to reconsider. I heard Paul Scanlon say this the other day, don't stay loyal to an old version of yourself. Another uh, concept that could help us understand repent is to reframe. Uh, fr framing is the way we view a situation. And, and we all know this, but I think it's worth saying, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. So the glass is half full to some person, but it's half empty to another person. I literally remember when we first started our church, we had an usher that uh, when, we, when he would do the count on church service, he would count the empty chairs instead of the people who were in church. That's the glass half empty. There were two salesmen that were sent to the deepest parts of Africa where nobody had any shoes. And one salesman was just there for a day and said, Take, send me back home. Nobody wears shoes here. The other salesman said, send lots of shoes. Nobody has any shoes on here. It's, they both were looking at the same situation. But one had a framework of opportunity and one had a framework of, oh gosh, what if we reframed from scarcity to abundance? What if we reframed from, it's a pie and I better not let any of it go, whatever I have in my life, to there's a river that flows from the throne of God that makes glad the city of God. What if you reframe from pie to river? What if we reframed from this is a, such a problem to this is an opportunity to bring a solution to a problem? What if we reframed from always being the anti-person Always being the, I can't quite go with the flow. I can't quite fit. I always find fault. 
I find fault with the president. I find fault with the church. I find fault with the job. I find fault with... And there are some people, that's, that's their framework on life. They are looking for what's wrong with the church. They are looking for what's wrong with the job. They are looking for what's wrong with the city. What if we reframed, instead of saying, I'm going to look for what's wrong, <laughs> I'm going to start looking for what's right. I'm going to start going with the flow instead of always fighting the flow. Another way to look at repent is the idea of re-evaluate. Re-evaluate. When you evaluate something, you're deciding, is it worth some, worthwhile or not? Is it right? Is it wrong? And I think it's vital that we stop sometimes, and, and that's what these 21-day prayer and fasting seasons are so good for, to stop and reevaluate. How am I spending my time? Is that really serving well what I want to see happen in life? Sometimes you've got to stop and go, I want a healthy marriage, but we don't spend any time together. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Sometimes it's good just to stop and reevaluate how we spend our money. What are, what are our priorities for this season? Reevaluate, excuse me, some relationships. What about looking at repenting as reset? Reset. Twice a year, we have this crazy thing called daylight savings time. We go in, we go off. You, and, if, and if you don't reset, you could insist that it's 9 o'clock, but everybody else, it's 10 o'clock. And I know that there are some people, I know I can be guilty of this. What if I'm an hour off? What if I haven't reset? What if I haven't reset my view of God, my view of work, my view of family now, my view of finances, my view of church? Hey, to continue to grow, you have to stay a curious learner. And you have to recognize that of all the vast knowledge that you have, it's of nothing compared to what there really is to know. What about restart? Right? You start a song in the wrong key, <laughs> you might as well stop and restart. Because no matter how well you play the rest of the song, you're off. Start buttoning the shirt with the wrong button, and you never get it right. What about reboot? This, is, this probably will solve most of your electronic issues. If you recognize that the key to life is power cycle, turn it off and turn it on again. The computer's messed up, clogged up, turn it off, turn it, reboot. You're, you're playing a game on your computer if you're that kind of person, and it's all going in the wrong direction, reboot. Hey, listen, you added new software. 
but you kept it on the old operating system, you might need to reboot. What about review? In other words, look it over one more time. Just prayerfully, thoughtfully look it over one more time because you might have missed a key important factor. Talking about how to repent. How about remix? So when you take an old song and redo it with a new sound. What is the soundtrack of your life? What does it sound like? Is it a is it a sound of faith? Is it a sound of worship? Is it a sound of positive? Might not hurt. Get a new soundtrack. Reimagine. You know, really, the images that we carry inside are they're so powerful. And the images that you hold within, you eventually conform to that image. What about rethink? Literally, change your mind. Here's what's hard for some of us to admit we're wrong. A growth mindset understands I could be wrong. And a growth mindset says I don't have to prove I'm right. A growth mindset Here's what here's the way Bible puts it, if we will confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us. What if we refine? In other words, just make small adjustments along the way. There's no way you can get in your car, point it west, and make it to California. You're going to have to refine. You're going to have you're going to have to make some turns, change some lanes, speed up, slow down to where you are. Come on, 30 days of renewal, 21 days of, of just kind of getting quiet to listen to what the Holy Spirit would say. A new kingdom is at hand. It's near. And I just want to pray uh, for us today because I think there's some of us that have a, a, a strange mental model about following Jesus. What is your mental model about following Jesus? Is it, it's too hard? <laughs> uh, I would have to give up this, 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 or that? Or I'm not good enough to do that? Or could you shift and recognize, I can trust my life into the hands of someone who is so much wiser, so much stronger, so much smarter, so much more capable than me. I would not have to go at life alone. I want to pray with you. I want you to bow your heads, please, and I want you to close your eyes. Father, as we come before you today, I realize that there are so many areas that we, we could make a shift, make a change, make an adjustment. 
refine, remix. There's so many things. And I'm just asking you to highlight for us those areas that you would be speaking to us and that you would draw us into a, a new level of your spirit at work in our life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, could I just ask this? Maybe you're here today and your, your idea, your mo mental model of following Jesus is making it way too hard. And you're recognizing today, I could trust my life into the hands of an incredible God. I would love to pray with you. So if you're here today and you've never surrendered to Jesus, let's pray together. Uh, if you're here today and you're not where you want to be because you used to be close to him, but now you're not there, come on, let's come home. Let's, let's, let's push reboot. Let's restart. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand. Nobody's looking around. We're all just in a prayer mode. But if you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to surrender to Jesus. I want to come back to Jesus. I want to make sure I'm right with him. Uh, I want you to pray with me. I want you to lift your hand right now and say, that's me. Would you, would you pray for me? Would you open up your heart to Christ? Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Come on, this is not a call for you to get your act together. It's a call for you to just surrender your life to a God who is for you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. Let's all pray this prayer together. This is for those who lifted their hands, but I would love for us all to join in and pray it together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I want to put my life into your hands. I know I've sinned, so I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.